Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast, episode 16. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for asking. And over on the West Coast, we have Mark Gorski. Wow. Hello. Hello. Enjoy that red car that you're okay. walking on top of? Well, wow, that was a fucking introduction. Mm-hmm. It feels really good underneath my feet. You'll never know, Peter. Sorry. No. No, I won't. I think Mark deserved it. I just want to get right into today's episode because, really, I've been hearing that Peter Gorski's been playing a lot of games, and I just I just need to hear about them. I Peter, have been. What tell heck? me about the games that you've been playing. Well... Of course, Warzone. I continue to play Warzone. I'm trying to get this last week push in, trying to unlock as much of the battle pass as I can before next season. Uh, keep playing Warzone. I've been playing... I, Halo Wars 1 and 2 have just become, like, what NBA 2K is to you, Owen. They've become that to me. If I'm bored, I got time to kill. If I don't, I have a like, new game taking that spot it's that I'll, I'll be talking about. Yes, it is. But, uh, yeah, keep playing Halo Wars and Halo Wars 2. But the main, and also Smash, I'm still playing more Smash, trying to learn Sephiroth more. The main game that I have been playing, and we can also talk about it as a new uh, a new segment we are doing on the BNY podcast. We don't have a sketchy name for it as of now. It'll just be the BNY Game Club. And that every month, we're going to be playing a new game together. And then after said month, We'll have a segment on the show, and we'll give all of our thoughts on the game that we've chosen. This month, we will be choosing Prey by Arcane Studios that came out in 2017. And because of that, that has been the game I have sunk the most time into the last week. I am at seven and a half hours in Prey. Wow. I have really just been diving deep in. And because of the book club and all that, I don't need to give every single opinion I have of it. But I'm surprised at how much I'm liking it so far. Honest to God, I am greatly enjoying my time with Prey. I think that the story that is laid at our feet right at the beginning is intriguing, but also tense, always keeps you on your toes. I love the atmosphere this game nails, where it just feels like everything is wrong all the time, and if I let my guard down for a second, something's going to leap out and try to kill me, and most of the time, it's because it is. I think the gunplay in the game is, you know, leaves some to be desired. I don't think the, you know, the game, there's not as, it's not very fluid. It feels very stiff in terms of first-person shooters, you know, when as they come and as they go. And the game is decently scary at times, especially those fucking mimics when you're just walking by a cafeteria and then a mug jumps into a fucking creature and tries to eat your face. But, yeah, I am really liking Prey so far, and I look forward to when all three of us beat the game and talk about it at the end of the month. Um, yes, so that is our official announcement for the BNY Game Club. I want to encourage any listeners to also play Prey and... I don't, I don't know if this will materialize into anything, but if listeners do play Prey, you can email bnygamingpod at gmail.com and you can share your thoughts on the Look game. Look at us. We just had our first announcement, guys. Can you believe it? No, I cannot. 
Now, I, I want to I want to leapfrog Mark on my uh gaming habits this week because I had a really boring week, quite frank quite frankly. We already mentioned Rocket League. That is just like my game right now and I can't stop playing it. But it's not the most interesting to talk about on a podcast. I've mainly been relying on those like comfort games. Go back and listen to our comfort games episode to find out the games that we like to go to when we don't really want to play anything else. I've been in a I don't really want to play anything else mood. Played a little bit of Warzone just because other people have been playing it. And I'm an hour into Prey. Very Bioshock-like, and I like Bioshock. So, I'm I'm digging it. I don't have a ton of formed opinions, and also I, I do want to keep them as close to my chest as I can until, like, the official episode for it. Um, and beyond that, oh, I started a Halo 2 playthrough. The problem is, I haven't felt like playing anything, so I'm not very far into it. Um... So I'm going to pass it off to Mark. I don't really have anything interesting going on in this past week. Um, uh, unfortunately for me as well, Owen, it's been a pretty stable oh, week. Wow, what kind guys, of gaming podcast way is this? Way to fucking go. Yeah. I'm but fucking no, dragging this along here. I, I, no. Hold on, hold on. I, I still got stuff I can still talk about, but, but it's, it's more of the same as what it's going to come down to. I just want to point out, though, that Peter just flipped the energy... He had one week where it's like games, games, games. All I'm doing is playing games. Yep. And me and Mark, you you destroyed us. You uh-huh. did this to us. Of course. Destroyed us by playing Warzone and Halo Wars, the games we've <laughs> talked about for like the past three weeks. I'm gonna say that's not much of a destruction. I put right seven there. and a half hours in the prey. Were you paying attention? Hello. Wait, are you, so, there? you got you got you played you played prey as well. You got one out of the game, but we're we're all gonna talk seven about seven and a half hours. This is pretty okay. All right, fine. Okay, that's fine. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We're all gonna be on prey. If if we if we didn't have the 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 game club coming up though, would that seven hours gone to a different game that wasn't Halo Wars or we don't have Warzone, to ponder that now, do we? Because that didn't happen. We well, we don't have to. We'll never get that answer. Peter does have you on that. We'll never know. That's that's just where I have to end it. There, we we will never know. But it's gonna be a for short me, episode. For me, uh, I've played more Valheim. Uh, kind of where I was at before. We're, we're, we're hunting world bosses. Or we're on the third one. Building bases across the map. Just building a network of portals and everything. Just getting by. And this game is still a lot of fun. It hasn't gotten really stale. Like I, I don't see as many people talk about it now. We're, we're in April now when this game blew up in February. But uh, it still feels like there's so much to do. As as I keep pumping a lot of time into it. And uh, I'm continuing more on Life is Strange 2. I'm on halfway through episode 5. I I was hoping to have it done for this episode, but I couldn't get it done. And I still Still stand by how I felt. Oh, what was that? I said still positive on that. Still positive. I'm I'm less positive that uh, you will like it as as I've gone through it further. I think you'll still like it more. You would like it more than the first game. Dialogue-wise, it's a, uh, it's not the same feel by any means. The drama. Did you, did you watch that TikTok I sent you this morning? I did, and that's that energy is very much present throughout all of Life is Strange too. 
just for the listeners, it's a TikTok of a guy spoofing like the Life is Strange style game and just walking around his room, like looking at his hat. And it's just like, oh, that's that hat I used to wear all the time. Puts it on, looks in the mirror. Yeah, I used to like this hat a lot. And then just moves on to something else. I it It perfectly encapsulated like, so many issues I have with the inner monologue of that game. Like I watched that and I was like, oh, this, this sounds fine to me. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> sentimental value for all the things in his room right now. That's good for them. Mark, I'm when you come home next, I want you to give a two minute description of every single thing you look at in this house. I'm going to look, I, I could do that in my room and I'll be like, this isn't mine. This is someone else's, this thing in my room. Oh, this also is not <laughs> mine. I don't know what empty. the fuck this is. An empty bag of teriyaki beef jerky. I like teriyaki beef jerky, but this is not my bag of it. This may not be my bag of it. Is it? I don't know. I it guess is. I'll never find out. No, but we did. But anyway. Um, But I still think I like it more than Life is Strange 1. Uh, I don't know where it's going to end. Apparently there are a lot of different endings to this game. I think five is what I'd heard. I don't know I like what I'm the sounds get. of that, too. Yeah. What was it? I said I like the sounds of that too. I like a lot of different choices. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know what I, I I still don't fully understand what uh, decisions I've made will influence like five different endings. Like I could see maybe two or three, uh, but that I think that's really exciting because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what uh, what way it's going to like steer into five different paths, or if I'm already on one of them to begin with. But that's that's all for me. Maybe I'll finish the, it next week. Definitely will. The, the other thing I want to add on to is that I am just so jealous that you're able to play Valheim. And I would even invite myself into your group if I could. But West Coast time, it's hard enough to schedule this podcast. It, it could never happen. Oh, yeah. Like when we get on, it's usually 8 o'clock my time. And that's when we start. And we'll get off at like 3 or 4 of my time. Yeah, no. I gotta go to sleep. Um, Now, this episode, due to recent events, the main topic, I'm I'm referring to it as the State of PlayStation 2021 Addendum. Because there's recently been a lot of stories coming out of PlayStation, mostly not positive. And I think we should talk about them and kind of like part of our brand here i feel like it's developing that like we're kind of hard on playstation for the most part at least me and peter are for sure i can't i can't fully put that label on mark but i think the two main ones are the older stores shutting down and the article that came out last week our time of basically a last of us remake being made and different studio drama naughty dog being the favorite child i can recap it more but peter i want to ask you which topic should we start with i say we start with the closing of the online stores as it's i think going to be a quicker conversation and we all pretty much going to have the same opinion on that so i think we can get that out of the way and then really dive into the meat and potatoes of that chase try article fair so as a recap it slowly trickled out at first leaked and then playstation officially announced 
that the PS3, PSP, and PS Vita stores would be shutting down. I don't have the exact dates, but they begin this summer. And it marks just kind of like a big realization moment within gaming of like, oh, all of your digital libraries are potentially temporary. And there are different caveats to this, like what you own and have downloaded, you have on your system, you can still download things that you do own, but you cannot buy anything new. And I believe those are just about all the caveats. There's, but, there's one other thing I, I just want to throw on there uh, that's a, a, a real caveat is that you won't be able to update any of your games. You can play online servers will still be up, but like uh, you will get the non-day one patch version of every PS3 game. And what is on the disc ooh. is what you'll be able to play, which is really terrible, uh, really case-by-case basis for games, but that, that can invalidate a lot of games where it's think... either game-breaking bugs or I think... The one that really hits me is like I think PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Oh. If I want to play that game again, I have to play the launch version where there's a lot of characters that are probably not fun to play anymore. None Yikes. of the tweaks are going to be there. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think I'd be able to re-download uh, DLC content there. That's that's you will just not. gone. Exactly. Yeah. That that sucks. That really sucks. Not that I'm dying to play. More PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Mark, uh, I really... Next time you're home... Well, now we won't have a way. I really want to play PlayStation All-Stars next time you come home. I'd be down. 1v1 my Jack. I think I played... I played Cole and Radic and Sweet Tooth. Man. Uh, I, I, played, I played a good uh, chunk of the cast, but Jack definitely number one there. And now uh, it's being taken from us. Let's just dive in to this portion and i want to start with saying i'm gonna have to wait to definitively say until they're basically their equivalent of their e3 showing this year in june i'm 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 very close to saying we are back to full-blown cocky sony of the ps3 era i'm getting very close to that and this whole ps3 vita and psp situation really does show that you don't actually own a digital library which is scary because i have been i joined the all digital train a while ago because just it's so much more convenient it doesn't take up any physical room in your living space like the people like Scott the Waz, the game collectors, the ones who just buy every single console and game they possibly can just for the sake of preserving games history. It's a noble effort, and one that I deeply respect. But unless you have just immense amounts of disposable income, as well as a lot of free space in your home... Especially free space yeah. in your home. Needing IKEA shell, like an entire, basically being able to dedicate one or two entire rooms in your home to game shelves, holding physical copies of games. It's not. It's not sustainable. I don't think. That's why that's, I like. That's, go ahead. Game collecting is a big commitment. Like everyone getting into it understands. Like yeah, this is something I'm gonna have to plan around. And like, if you're that into it to that level. Mo- I like a lot of your disposable income's going to it, and that's that's just part of the hobby. I want to say, 
I don't I want to say he's super devoted to games preservation, but that's definitely an important matter here as well. And I think Oh no, hey, you you have more to say, so keep going. I the reason why I say this is cocky Sony is because look at Microsoft and albeit they don't have as much the blah 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 blah. But Microsoft is really integrating its entire legacy into its present and its future. Whereas PlayStation releases Astro's Playroom, which I absolutely loved and is a celebration of all four previous generations. Yet at the same time, it's ironic that that's one of their champion flagship launch titles for their new console when they just have such a blatant disregard of what came before. So, just more into my idea of Sony becoming the cocky PS3 era Sony that I'm almost certain we will get to see more of as the year goes on. Now, when it comes to my take on the old store shutting down, is that me seeing it as negative is more just coming from an empathetic standpoint for the people it does affect. It not only doesn't affect me because I didn't have, I didn't own any of those systems actually. Um, I borrowed uh, the PS3 that you guys own to play uh, to uh, play some games back in the day. Didn't you steal um, it? No, you let me borrow the PS3, what but I believe it? I stole the infamous games from you. And Donkey Kong. I did steal Donkey Kong, never got around to it, and then I snuck it back in your house. What a nice guy. <laughs> um, but what was the original reason you gave me the PS3? Oh, I know. Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then when you gave it to me, I saw I saw the infamous games on the shelf, and I was like, you know, I could probably get around to, to these, too. Um, and I did. They were great games. I loved them. Speaking but, of um, Metal Gear Solid 4, Tangent here, Peter, you didn't even play Metal Gear Solid 4, did you? Yes, I did. It was the other two. You didn't play two. You didn't play one through three, though. One, I, well, one I physically couldn't. Could emulate it. That's what I did. Yeah, but Mark, like, I could maybe One, emulate. I also... I also used the physically couldn't excuse for one, so I had to watch that one. Okay. I did watch two and three, and I regret it, and I'm very much hope... Man, I just want some of the buy Konami's fucking franchises from them so bad, but that's all. That's a conversation for another day. Um, But further on, I guess just to add a wrinkle to the conversation, but did we ever really think our digital libraries were permanent because I mean, just think back to like virtual console games for Nintendo. They've never carried over. I guess you could go to the old system and find the ones that you bought. And that's a problem. That's a fucking problem. That's the main issue with this is that with this is really cementing the, of just these developer or i'd say more so the publishers and the home companies themselves we are not going to support you with digital libraries we're not going to let you keep them we are going to always make you have to i mean other than microsoft at least nintendo and playstation we're going to make you repurchase all of these games every time and even with like again both playstation but also nintendo they make it so tedious to play their previous games you have to own the old hardware the proper tvs to play said games instead of just 
making them all backwards compatible. And it's I I I am starting to grow up to the point that I think when like the fact that you cannot play PS3 games on a current even you could even play them on PS4. Can't play And PS3. it's probably never going to happen. Yeah. You can never you cannot play PS1, 2 or 3 games on current consoles. I think that is egregious. I think that is such a fucking joke. And they could fix it if they wanted to. I'm not again, I'm not a game dev. I work at a fucking grocery store. What do I know? Here's what I do know is that if they wanted it to work and they really wanted to put the resources, money and time into making it work, they would. But clearly they fucking don't. So I'm just well disheartened. I believe uh, Jim Ryan. I don't know his exact role, if he's president of PlayStation or what he is, he but is I believe he yeah. said... He took Sh- yeah, he took Shuhei's previous job. Okay. I believe he has said uh, that they think backwards compatibility is just one of those things that people talk about but never actually use, which I think most people playing Xbox these days would very much beg to differ um, because not only do you find reasons to go back to, say, a 360 game, even the fact that everything on the Series X is so well implemented with the Xbox One stuff, it's it, you technically don't even realize that you're playing backwards compatible when, when you are. Another issue I have with PlayStation right now is that in the PS4 era, after the disaster that was the PS3, I know it ended up coming around, but for like half that, I'd say half, if not majority of that console's life, it was a fucking disaster. They start, and again, I understand at the same time, I'm not a child. It is still a corporation. It is a business. They want you to pay, buy their games, buy their monies. But they had personalities that we knew, that we liked, that knew how to speak to us in that last generation. Started with Jack Trenton and then went over to Sean Layton. We had Andrew House. Shuhei was around a lot more. We had Geo Corsi. We had fucking. I'm so. There's one more guy. I, who I, really I like know exactly. I know exactly who you're thinking of. Blonde guy with glasses. Any other day of the week, yeah. I can tell you his name. He works at Iron Galaxy now. Adam Boys. Adam Boys. Thank Boys. you. Thank you. <laughs> you had this whole slew of people that whenever they came out in a fucking conference, it's like, oh, oh, hey, there's. There's Sean, there's there's Andrew House, there's Gio. All these people who we'd come to know and love over the course of this generation, all of them are no longer, other than Shuhei, but he's now in a much smaller role. They're, they've all left the company. They're all gone. And I've, if I can be honest, I don't dislike the man. I think Jim Ryan is kind of giving me Don Matrick vibes. Now, I said, it, I said it to Mark before the podcast because I, d- I don't think we're necessarily in a place to say like, oh, Jim Ryan is bad at his job because we have no idea what's going on. But the public perception of how he is doing is not good. He really comes off as being quite out of touch whenever he does an interview. Yep. he's He seems like a Don, again, I don't think he is as bad as Don Matrick. But he has the same gravitas that Don Matrick did of like, I know what I'm doing. No one else tell me what to do. I know we can, I, I know we're going to succeed. No one can tell me otherwise. And it's like, okay, but what is your plan to succeed? And it just, he just has like a full steam ahead mantra about him where it's like, but Jim, it's not that simple. There's a lot of minutia to the games industry, to games development, to 
PR campaigns for basically your public your public image to what everyone thinks of you. But all he thinks of is as long as we keep making these great blockbuster games, that's all that matters, and we're going to succeed. When that's I'm not gonna, fucking true. I'm going to curb you on this thought here before we get into the next topic. I want to open it up to Mark more. Um, do you have more thoughts going off of the store closures and how you feel about that? Um, like I, I, I'm going to repeat and I'm not going to repeat a lot of the stuff that Peter's kind of really gone off of, but like, it, it does really suck that this a, a generation of games is just going to disappear. Unlike any we've seen before or not necessarily just disappear, but just, uh, it will be playing not the, the best versions of it. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who is all physical all the time on all of my, any game I get, I always buy physically, but uh, I don't have a PlayStation 3, uh, personally, so, like, I would have to try to re-download some content for it or update it, so, like, I, I can't be ahead of the curve and even prepare myself for what's going to happen for some of the games that I really want to, because I know, like, uh, Sly Cooper 4 is a game on PS3 that I know I would like to go back and finish or play, like, that's something, I, it's the one PS3 game I know I would really want to, and this is also open to PSP and Vita, but there's no game I know I really want to, but... Infamous uh, 1 and 2 are on it, man. Infamous they'll, 1 and 2 are going to die! Infamous 1 and 2 are going to come back. They, those games will get remade at some point. I hope PlayStation... I, I'm not too worried. Sly, Sly 4, though, I don't know. I don't know Fuck. if Sly 4 is ever coming back. I want a reboot. Fuck that game. I don't care about it. What? You want a reboot of the whole series? Yes, I do. Reboot it. 4 just took it off the rails. They ruined Penelope. I did not care for it at all. I think Sly is due for a reboot. Yeah, I reboot. I mean, there was too. supposed to be a movie. Like, there's a movie trailer that existed since 2016, but uh, we haven't seen anything about it since. I just rewatched it the other day because I forgot it existed, and it seemed like it had promise, and now it's dead. Uh, did did they officially kill it, or is it just kind of just floating in the ethos let's, with no confirmation? Let's assume because I feel like if they were still working on it, I think after seeing the Ratchet movie fail the way it did, they're like, eh, maybe not. Let's just do Last of Us, Last of Us, Last of Us. I think after the success of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, they should reconsider that because there's room for a, a movie of Sly Cooper, especially well, if I would bring it back. I would assume that the Ratchet movie failed because it was a bad movie. It would, yeah. no, that and, is why, that is why. And that tends to be the case with these things. When when things are bad, they typically don't do well. And I'm I'm actually very eager to see how Sony's foray into TV and movies goes because I'm very confident in The Last of Us show just because of the pedigree behind it and the fact that it's on HBO. But everything else... There is no guarantee that those movies work out. Uncharted, I'll be shocked if it's a good movie. Ghost of Tsushima? Ghost of Tsushima, I think there's an opportunity for it to be good. It's too early to say. But I I think their strategy will be changing quite quickly if they have two blockbuster failures on their hands. Do we just go into the next portion of the story? Does anyone else have anything to say about the conservation of... Three uh, PS3, Vita, and PSP. I've got nothing. I got nothing. 
Um, just emulate games, people. It's fine. Just don't yeah. let anyone stop you. And just I agree. Keep emulating games. I agree. That's what I have to say. About I it. pay for my games. Why don't you? Because I fucking physically can't anymore. You jackass. Uh, that should well, be a exactly. thing to want to brag about. It's like, oh, look at me. I I bought my games. How proud. No, I am. I'm gonna push back on that for a moment because I've I've always been the person that pushes back on like even illegally watching movies because I like seeing the industries that I like succeed Mm -hmm. and people put a lot of work into this stuff and you should pay for it. That is my opinion. Almost all of the time, except for when they make it literally impossible for you to pay them. If they're making it literally impossible, emulate it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think on that take, like I, I don't mean to like talk back and be like, Hey, that's it's, it's not something we should like, you shouldn't care about supporting your industry, but more so, Going online unprompted to talk about how proud you are about how you're spending your money on every every game you own. It's like no one nobody asked you to do this. I the the real uh the real opportunity for people to like kinda virtue signal about that is the people who are like, Oh well, I liked this game pass game so much that I bought it. It's like, okay. Oh my god. God, I can't. We, we, we get it, dude. You're rich. You're a great... And not only that, you are the best person we've ever known. And we are going to throw a parade in your honor. But that's that on that. To get into the real meat and potatoes, we're talking about this Jason Schreier story on Bloomberg about Sony's emphasis on blockbuster games. And it's kind of centered around this studio that was a support studio within Sony. They wanted to be more and they got greenlit to be more and looking through what their first project should be. They were thinking, Oh, let's do a a remake of uncharted one, which I think is a pretty good idea, but no too much money. So, their next option was a remake of The Last of Us from 20... Is it 2014 or 2013? 2013. 2013. A remake from 2013. Some may say that's unnecessary. But there's more layers to the story beyond just this studio and this remake. It also all revolves around the gravitas of Naughty Dog. In that when this remake was trying to get made... There were, there was a lot of overseeing from Naughty Dog, along with leadership change with, within Sony that made it so that this remake wasn't really getting the support until it was eventually just given to Naughty Dog. And then the secondary character in the story, I think, is Sony Bend Studio. The developers of Days Gone, they have done previous projects where they're mainly helping on Naughty Dog properties. Like, they made Uncharted Golden Abyss for the PS Vita, um, as well as they've been a support studio to Naughty Dog. And even after making Days Gone, they wanted to make Days Gone 2. Sony said no, because it's assumed anyway, it's because it didn't receive critical acclaim, even though it sold well. Um... And then they got relegated kind of again to being a Naughty Dog support studio. And the story kind of leaves it off with them 
somehow managing to get back on their own IP, but it ended up resulting in leadership of that studio leaving and really just a lot of disrespect going back and forth. It seems Uh, I'll be interested to see if any more stories come out of that relationship, but all in all, the main thesis of this article is that Sony has too much of a focus on its big dogs, its blockbuster games. They're only interested if they can get a 10 out of 10 out of it. And it's leading to some cultural problems within PlayStation. Do you guys think I summed it up well enough there? I think you did. Who wants to start? I will. This is... I've seen some people on Twitter going, I don't understand why people are saying the sky is falling. This is the worst case scenario. For me, this is the worst case scenario. For me, the sky is falling. Because... This is exactly the path I was terrified of PlayStation going. Throughout the start of this, when we first started this podcast, it's when I started becoming disillusioned with first-party Sony. And I had been saying over the last few months, man, I really hope they try branching out into different genres, different art styles, not just the same plain, overly serious, overly realistic t- like art styles and worlds. And that's exactly what the fuck they're doing. And not only that, they are clinging to Naughty Dog for dear life. And nothing could make me more disinterested in the future of PlayStation for them to just look at Naughty Dog and say, everyone has to be Naughty Dog. There's... There's no... There's no diversity. There's no different franchises. There's... You only are going to PlayStation for third-person action-adventure games that are well-acted, look great, and are just the same 20-35 to hour, narratively rich, well-acted exploration. It's it's all the same fucking thing. There's no longer going to be any reason to expect anything else as Jim Ryan has just flat out said it himself, we are only interested in blockbusters. We only want games that can push that specific pathway forward. And I understand on one hand because that does seem to be successful for them. But on the other hand, if you're not into that type of game, there is nothing left for you at PlayStation. So I'm just, I can I have a lot to say about all of these, but for now I just was say at that, at that initial point, very, very disappointed that this is the path that Sony is choosing to go. And I understand that financially, they're a corporation, they're a business, they want to make money. I'm not saying it's bad business sense. It's prob- That Last of Us remake is probably going to sell millions of copies. That doesn't mean I have to like it. That doesn't mean I have to be excited, excited about it. That doesn't mean I have to support it, because I do not support this at all. I want to save that saying of... I get it, they're a business. I, I want to save that for after the initial thoughts here, but I also want to throw it over to Mark because I feel like of everyone on this podcast, you're probably the least likely to have any sort of fatalistic mindset about this. I mean, I feel like I, uh, when, when it comes to what Sony's been building to, I feel like I've been complaining about this 
since before God of War came out, really. Like, hey, this is kind of like around when Horizon and God of War came out. I was like, you know what? I think this is what Sony is going to be. And I don't think anything's going to stop them because people really, really like these kinds of games. Uh, and I, I think I've always thought, like, these are good games. But I think people kind of put them on a pedestal a little bit higher than they, they really are. I think they're a little bit... Uh, especially a lot of the people who kind of have a take for for Horizon Zero Dawn, for example. Uh, people play Breath of the Wild and Horizon very closely to one another, and one kind of gets shafted because Breath of the Wild being one of the greatest games of the past generation, if not all time, hard to compare the two together. Uh, but uh, people just really like kind of the, the image of Sony, these kinds of games. Uh, we've talked about the cinematic kind of game that Sony's always had. Uh, for, for like the PS4 generation that really lit them up. Uh, so when I heard the news about this last week, uh, to me it was like, oh, this makes sense. This this is very, very kind of expected. Disappointing that Studio Bend uh, will be, if this is all uh, going to actually come to fruition. The, the reports of this makes it sound like not everything is uh, finalized. Everything could change. But if this is actually the the state of Sony, as, as we're even calling it, um, I don't really think this is the worst case scenario. Just, just kind of disappointing, really. The stuff we were talking about before with the PS3 shutting down, I feel like is significantly more serious. And people should be screaming about that way, way more than a Last of Us remake. I think I'm I'm a little bit in between both of you because we're we're all kind of on the same page of we don't want to see playstation rolling out the same pony every single year and only releasing the cinematic third person action game now the thing that can't be denied is for the most part they do it well they They do do it really well actually Mm -hmm. it's all they fucking do that's all they ever do ever since the end of PS3. That has been the only focus of their game development. I heard, I saw someone on Twitter compare PlayStation's new approach to what Nintendo's been doing. It's like, I don't understand why people are complaining. Nintendo focuses on their first party and nothing else. I don't understand why Sony, like, double, like tripling down on their first party is any different. Because Nintendo makes Mario, makes Zelda makes Animal Crossing, makes Splatoon, makes Pokemon. Just five franchises off the top of my head. All artistically look radically different, and they are all completely different genres. Nintendo gets up its own ass, sure, but at least with all of the franchises they always focus on, a lot of them are radically fucking different from each other in a dozen different ways. Whereas PlayStation, it all looks the fucking same, it all plays the fucking same, they all go down the same generic, like, just path laid out for them. It's just the, it's the same shit, different colors, is basically my Even issue with Sony. Going off of trying to make that Nintendo point, even within their established franchises, they allow for different genres. Mario has a tactics game. Mario has a tactic game. He has a baseball game. He has a race karting game. He has a golf. He has a fucking soccer. He has like, a golf. Th- 
Yeah, they let Mario do whatever the fuck Mario wants to do. If I wake up in the middle of June, I'm like June 15th, let's say, for Sony's conference, and Last of Us Cart is announced, then maybe my point won't be as valid. But Dude, I'll no- be there day one for Last oh, of Us Cart. I, I mean, I'll fucking I, pre-order. I'll get Ultimate Edition of Last of Us Cart. If <laughs> I if I get to watch fucking Joel curious. throw a pie from his go kart into the face of a fucking clicker that's driving like a bicycle, <laughs> hell yeah, I will buy that game. I would love to see them get that weird, but obviously <laughs> what we're talking about is the fact that they won't get that weird. And that's the um, problem. <laughs> one thing that uh, Jason Schreier articles always kind of throw me off when I'm reading them because that they have... I always read them coming from an angle as if he is trying to say that someone is a bad guy here, but then the scenarios that are played out are always like very, very vague. Like I thought when they were talking about the, the support studio that wanted to become something, something bigger through this last of us remake, it almost read to me like Schreier was advocating for like, here is this, story of just developers that wanted more out of their job and then big bad sony said no but it didn't come off to me like that it came off as new leadership came in they looked at that project and kind of thought yeah we don't really want to do this and i i feel like i'm crazy because i think i'm the only person that got that perception because everyone is now talking about like when they're going to expect this last of us remake and i I don't think it's going to get made, at least not for for a long time. My because problem. them them handing it to Naughty Dog almost assures the fact that it's it's not even being thought about right now. My fucking problem. And I've we've talked about it this idea every now and again. And you wrote it off cuz you didn't think it was necessary. But if Sony really wants to start remaking previous games and have developers solely focus on that, fucking buy Bluepoint! Just buy Bluepoint! You already work with them extensively. They are so in your camp already. Everyone already expects you to buy them. If you really want to start joining the business of full-blown remakes, just fucking purchase them, get them under your wing, and have them be that studio we want a new uncharted that's what they specialize in you'll see it in five years you want this fucking last of us remake don't have bend work on it don't have naughty dog do it don't have the new san diego studio do it just fucking have blue point do it i doubt you're gonna get a lot of upset people with that studio as that's all they ever fucking do already i just think it is such a stupid allocation of resources and time I don't understand their mindset at all on this. I understand well, the idea of, like, it'll help the show. It'll help the show. Plastifus 1 is already available on PS5. It runs at 60 frames per second. It's gotten the graphical upgrades. It already runs better than it ever did on PS3 and PS4. There's no fucking reason to spend millions of dollars to remake a game that you can play right now, especially for free if you have PlayStation Plus. This is just so fucking stupid. Now, what if now, I, I pitch one thing to you guys concerning that? Pitch it. This Last of Us remake, 
it's not actually a true Last of Us remake, but it's a Last of Us game of what will be the revised storyline of the HBO show. How do you feel about that? Um, I don't feel much better about it, but I I would almost have to see the show first, yeah. to see how I felt about it. I definitely don't um, like that idea personally. Like, I mean, like to me, it would be like, what if they just called it the Last of Us the game? And it's like, oh, I don't like the idea of that sitting in my yeah, head. Yeah, no. That sounds awful. No, I don't like that either. Um, I wanted to actually break in another story here quick, because I don't think you guys will have as much thoughts on this, but I need to rant about it. I completely forgot and was not going to include in this episode the fact that MLB The Show, former PlayStation exclusive, still developed by Sony San Diego, is coming to Xbox Game Pass on day one. And it it was just getting me so mad with every games podcast I listen to because just far too many, almost no one in games media really has any opinions on sports. And I guess I don't necessarily expect them to because the two don't overlap as much as I would think that they do. But um, everyone was reading this story like, oh yeah, that's... That's a big get for Microsoft, and it makes sense because my, uh, Xbox hasn't had the show. So, uh, yeah, it's good, and Sony can make back money through microtransactions, all this stuff. What if you, Peter, you have made something. It, you you are a candle maker. Ooh. You make candles now. Yay. And the company that you're working with says... Okay, all these candles you just made, uh huh, we're giving them to everyone for free. But why? Well, everyone's gonna get them for free, but you're gonna make your money back by selling these candles to your family members. But that doesn't seem to make any sense. Only, boss. only your family members are going to be paying for these candles. This seems backwards. I don't like this at all. Can we not do this? Sony, this is happening with MLB The Show. Sony made this game, and the only people that are paying for it are the people who have supported it for over a decade. Albeit, this was not their plan. This was MLB's. This is what they wanted. and they Okay, told- Th- that's great. Why is no one pitching the idea, like, okay, well, if this was MLB's plan, so be it. If I'm PlayStation, I'm saying, great, find a new developer next year. Not happening. I think that they, well, MLB still pays them a lot of money to make that fucking game for them. They look so horribly bad in this situation. I don't disagree. I I really don't know how PlayStation, even just having self-respect for themselves, if they really got blindsided on this deal... I would never work with MLB again if I was in charge of PlayStation in this moment. Mark, any opinion? You cannot get blindsided on a deal this big. Like, I I don't know. I'd be curious to see what Sony was, like, doing inside while this was happening, what they knew about it. They must have known something, I would imagine. I, I couldn't tell you the truth, but it definitely is. There's no way you can look at it and say this isn't a bad look for Sony right here. It's just... and. it's not good. Which which is better? They got blindsided or they knew 
which is better in yeah. this situation. Mm-hmm. The fact that we don't know which it is, like either way, it's, it looks bad in its own regard, and just it just paints a worse picture for Sony. I mean, it, I feel like either way, it kind of paints a very similar picture of some of the stuff we were talking about before, where uh, current modern day Sony is kind of tone deaf. Uh, to its audience, to its to an extent. Uh, I just, I really think people are understating how big of a deal this is because, oh, when it when it comes to general gaming discourse, sports games are are a fact of gaming, but not something that makes it into the discourse very often. But they're huge. And there are millions of people now who bought PS5s that need to pay $70 for that game. And everyone on Xbox who hasn't been supporting PlayStation in in their making of MLB, that we just get it. I'm going to be playing MLB on, on Xbox. I'm going to have a little bit of fun with it. I don't love baseball, but I like the MLB The Show games. And I'm psyched that I don't have to pay for it now. But, man, it is just a horrible look. And not only that, it's the fact that PlayStation led the charge of the $70 game this generation and are now making their own gamers pay an extra $10 while Microsoft gamers don't at all. It's it's the little shit cherry on top of making them look like jackasses. This wasn't this year, but let's not forget that they're the ones who put up the biggest fight when it comes to crossplay as well. That is also true. They fought like hell to make that river not flow but the dam just broke because too many people were pushing it open and they were desperate to stop that water from flowing man this has been coming for a few years hasn't it really thinking about it yeah you're right the last generation just it feels like it was just a lot of sony was cruising doing what they were doing before they were ahead just because microsoft made such a a big mistake at the very beginning of the generation and that it, they didn't have to do much of anything to tee themselves up for success. I want to transition back more towards the subject matter of the Bloomberg article. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of strings to pull on here. And the first one that I at least want my opinion known, I don't know if either of you guys will have opinions on this, but I am sick and tired of hearing people justify horrible games industry things by saying oh well it's a business oh well uh, i mean i get it it's a business but like yeah i get it it's a business they have to do this oh my Mm -hmm. god i can't i can't stand that take it is just tell me how you really feel because i said it tell me how you really feel what do you want to say to me what do what do you want to fucking call me right now because i'm in this no no, it's uh I don't I don't want to call you anything. But my god, can we stop using capitalism to justify the bad practices in the games industry? Mm-hmm. If if a business is operating well, you don't have to constantly give the caveat that oh, well it's a business. I wouldn't call that justifying. I would just say it's clarifying, explaining. I think it. a lot of people justify. Yeah. It. I think I, I, never... I think it's uh, a banner people use very differently. Like I've I've definitely said it before in this instance too for the story. I say it's a business, not in the sense that like this is how it's supposed to be, but it's 
more so like this is a business what do you expect they don't they don't care that much like i say it because yeah mark i think i could speak for both of us in that i do not say it to justify it i say it as it's an inevitability like i think uh i i mean if if we're talking about us beef um uh, i always push back on you whenever you bring up sales on a game i don't I wish we could get the money conversation as far away from the quality conversation but as we, we can't can. because it goes hand in hand. And I hate I, that. It I do not does, agree with though. that. Yes, it does. I do not agree with that. No, it, this is why I fought against GTA 5 in the 2010s list because really all it did was start horrible money practices that, yeah, it sold and it sells a ton, but the quality of the practices are so bad, I think it hurts the game. Again, I do not. I'm not trying to justify them. Saying this is why they're good. I'm just saying, like we can like them, we can hate them. This is inevitable. They're going to happen. There's no stopping them because they make money. Another- I understand the the reality matter of it. I just I do think people justify it. Like a lot of people have been arguing when it comes to the Last of Us remake. Oh, well, it'll sell 10 million copies. It won't. It won't. It won't. It won't. Here's a rant I want to go on. No, it fucking won't. Our, I, I can't. I even said that earlier just to kind of just to see if I could convince myself that it's a fact. I don't think this sells tens of millions of copies. It's the fucking last of us. It's been huge since 2013. We are not going to find this group of like 10 to 15 million new players who had never heard about it or had never played it, and now now all of a sudden, like, well, what's this little niche game I've never heard of before? Everyone who has wanted to play The Last of Us has played The Last of Us, whether on PS3, PS4, PS5, or they just fucking ripped the game off somewhere and just played it illegally. I'm so sick and tired of everyone saying, this game's gonna sell 10 million copies, 15 million copies, 20 million copies. No, it won't! Because this fuck... And here's a whole other portion of this news I want to go into. What is the point of trying to make gaming bigger than life if we just keep assuming we have to live up to movies and TV? When gaming revenue surpassed television and movie revenue, not just during the pandemic, but years before that, gaming has been a more profitable business for years. And an exa- like whenever... The Keeleys happen, and I like the I like the Game Awards by Jeff Keeley. I do think they are very good. I like them. That I it, it's a nice time of year where instead of E3, we all kind of come to it, there's a bit of like competitiveness between the developers and publishers. We all just come together to celebrate everything we love about games in December, and I love that. But an aspect of them I despise is when you have real life celebrities join the show who are so clearly not into the gaming sphere at all why are they there why are we trying to live up to these people who don't give a fuck that we like that that this whole community exists we are bigger than their medium we are bigger Mm -hmm. than where they come from and if they don't want to be here then by all means they don't have to be let's celebrate our own because we are a bigger deal than they are and i'm so fucking sick of this mindset that we always have to that there's always a ceiling we are there's always somewhere else we can go we don't need to make out like offset 
forms of entertainment for these pieces of entertainment that are already incredibly profitable and incredibly popular and incredibly high quality already. Why are we still doing this? This isn't the 360 or PS3 era anymore. The last generation and COVID showed just how entrenched gaming is into our world. And I'm just so fucking sick and tired of movies and TV always having to be catered to when all it does is just bleed these developers money because nine times out of ten, all of these movies and TV shows is fucking bomb. I mean, I want to say when Fast and Furious showed up at the Game Awards, that was roll my eyes. This is stupid. That the game also got exact fucking moment. They got memed of. on. They got memed on pretty hard. People were making fun of that game. Like it was worse for that game to be there. I want to because say because it looked like PS2. It looked like a fucking PS2 game. And the entire goddamn show, Keeley is like, "You're never gonna believe what's coming. You're never gonna believe what's coming." And it's a group of people who contribute. Absolutely, albeit Vin Diesel's actually a game developer now, working on Mark. What is it? Arc. Thank you. Arc two, yeah, which Arc actually, two, he's going to be in the game, which is kind of awesome. What's kind of funny? I, I want Vin Diesel to be a part of a Game Awards announcement every single year. Actually, <laughs> just because it's been a trend, yeah. I just want them to find ways to keep it going. Like Vin Diesel is in the next like dirt racing game but or something. The difference and you is, announce it there. The difference is. He is a legitimate, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound gatekeeping in that only real gamers can come to this fucking show. But if we're talking about an event that celebrates the entire past year of gaming, like, I can believe Vin Diesel played all of the Game of the Year nominees last year. He is someone who is, I mean, I, I would be somewhat shocked to find that out but, but he's that, he claims to really, in all of his actions show, he is that into the industry. Whereas. They fucking had, like, Tom Holland come last year. And I and again, I'm not trying to be an elitist saying what he, like, what he is and what he isn't. But he just came off as someone who is really not into that zone, into that, into gaming. And then it just comes off as disingenuous of, like, well, okay, then why are we giving these people the fucking platform who could give a rat's ass about whether or not they're even here? I just I think hate it. part of it, and I, I echo the frustration. I remember thinking like chris nolan was a part of something why in he this was past there last year why the fuck chris nolan presented a war for best direction chris nolan has not played a game in years if ever and it was such a yeah. huge fucking deal that he was there and it drove me nuts um part of it is jeff Keighley's personality he's very clearly a guy who is uh pretty fixated on celebrity i think um and the show he creates is uh, representative of that. I feel like Mark was trying to make a point, and he ended up getting cut off. What were um, you saying? I, w- I was going to say... Uh, I, I mean, I've got a couple more things I want to say. Uh, when it comes to celebrities being there, uh, the Game Awards won't be the same if the Muppets aren't there anymore, and that's just how it is. Like, I, I look forward to seeing how the Muppets will be incorporated to every Game Awards moving forward. I don't know how you guys feel about that. At all? I mean, they're fine. Whatever. That's fine. I don't care for them, but a lot of people like them. They don't take away from the show. But uh, I like the Muppets, but I don't remember any of their moments. But continue. When uh, they were at the Untitled Goose Game, uh, you don't remember that one? That little skit? I'm, I am always half watching the Game Awards. Okay. 
So, no, I, I have no recollection. I'm sorry. I don't remember what they did last year exactly. Uh, it was an Overcooked. They had Swedish Chef in Overcooked, and it was a real DLC. That's what it was. Oh, I think I might remember that, yeah. actually. Um, but what I was going to say, when Peter's talking about how it's a it sucks that Christopher Nolan has to be mentioned for the Game Awards, and it sucks that Fast and the Furious shows up uh, at the end of the Game Awards, it's, 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 it's getting people to watch it is what it is. Uh, it's the marketing of is it. Is it, though? It's it's bringing people's attention to it. I I would I, to some extent, I feel like mentioning that these people show up has more power than we, uh, we might think it does. Okay, but that's the same fucking ballpark as what Owen says about justifying. It's a business. It's a business. And I'm not trying to justify it. I'm trying to explain like yeah, like this this is this happens for a reason, and that's why these decisions are being made because. Uh, it's for growth, and we have to remember, like, sure, I, I like the Game Awards, too, in the sense that it's about celebrating games, too, but it's very much a commercial thing. People are still They're... trying to sell you games throughout the whole show. Like, this show is trying to get as many people to watch it as possible. The awards really take the backseat as well. You really fucking think fans of Christopher Nolan, diehard Christopher Nolan fans, are going to stick around and watch a video game show if they otherwise don't care about gaming just because Christopher Nolan shows up for 50 fucking seconds. I don't think it's more so on the line like, oh, I can't wait to see Christopher Nolan give an award, but like to see him attached to the project, that means something to some people who maybe, I mean, you're talking about before that I don't think that really adds much credibility of some sort here, but I feel like there are a lot of people out there who might believe that because I... I think there's a lot of films. Who the fuck are these people who are already into gaming, like Christopher Nolan, aren't gonna watch the show, and then they see Christopher Nolan's gonna present an award, and they think, you know what? I am gonna watch it. I oh, I'm almost certain, Mark. One of our test episodes we did for BNY, I think the first test episode we ever did was game was video game award nominations, and I'm pretty goddamn certain we had this exact same debate too, because I remember making some of these exact points back in December. And also, we are drifting so far away from the original topic, but as a reminder, again, the reason I did start going to the Game Awards is because PlayStation is running full steam ahead into movies and TV for all of our franchises. It just feels like it diminishes the value of the core product, the fucking game, because it just it makes it feel like, this get, like the game itself isn't enough without these other forms of entertainment to, co to coexist with it. When that's so ass backwards and completely defeats the purpose of developing a game. You shouldn't be making a game just to be able to make books out of it and movies and TV shows. Make a game to make a fucking game. I know that sounds so simple, but I feel like PlayStation has lost that. And that's my, that is the core of my issue with this is they don't feel like they are impassioned developers who want to make the greatest games they possibly can and really allow their developers to thrive and and go and be creative and do whatever they think is necessary. They just want to be able to make games that can easily translate into movies and TV and that's not at all why we're playing these fucking games to begin with. I don't remember if I was able to get this opinion on an episode or not, but I even... I mainly dislike it, especially for Sony, because I don't see any way movie or TV actually, like, adds to the experience of the story. Because The Last of Us is is already a little too movie-like for my liking when it comes to a video game. Um, 
so I don't know what making it a TV show will improve upon besides maybe giving it better pacing. But beyond that, would you guys be more open to quote-unquote video game adaptations if they actively tried to tell different stories they just existed within the world? Because when I think of other mediums working with video games, it would be books. Because, like, I know a lot of people like the the Halo books, for instance, because it's like, oh, it's just more stories in the world and it builds out the lore more. It makes sense to have books around your game. But movies and TV, when it tries to do a retelling, it almost never goes well. Would it be better if they took more of an original mindset with it? Yes, and also it helps if the games that are getting adaptations already aren't cinematic. Like, Illumination is making an animated Mario movie. Fucking sure I'll watch that! Mario's not cinematic at all! It's a completely, it's a completely different approach to that world. If Whereas, I can piggyback off of that thing that just is the thing at that movie, we still don't know if Charles Martinet will be voicing Mario and the Mario characters, and if they ever dare try to have someone else voice him, like some Hollywood name people would be more familiar with. Like, looking at the Sonic movie, they didn't have, like, anyone from uh, the Sonic voice acting crew. Granted, a lot of them uh, have just been let go over the past couple of months, and Sonic will have a new voice again. But if imagining it was a Sony... Mario movie... Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just going to finish off saying, just trying to imagine a Mario movie, like an animated Mario movie, and he's not voiced by the same person. I don't know. I don't know how If Sony was that. making a Mario movie, Tom Holland would play Mario, Kevin Hart would probably play Yoshi, and Melissa McCarthy would play Peach. And it would just be all these generic whatever picks. Whereas, but anyway, I'm okay with other forms of... Again, I am as okay as I can be with books being made and other forms like that. But I don't like stories where, okay, if you really want to fully be into it, you need to listen to the audiobook, you need to read the book, you need to watch the movie, you need to watch the show... For certain franchises that certain people in this fucking... I don't know why I said fucking. Like, I'm, like, coming at you. But you, you're going to know who you are in a second. God damn. I apologize. For, I'm just very heated about this topic. If you really want to uh, absorb the full story, you need to go to the play. Go see the play. Do you under do you know what franchise I'm talking about, Mark? I assume you do. The play? It's near. It's fucking near. Oh yeah, that's right. The, the the play is part of the lore, isn't it? Yes! To understand and get a hint of the next game, you need to go see the play. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you I mean, fucking kidding me? There's always the kind of people who are hungry for every little drip of lore. I am not one of those people. I just want a nice story. Neither am I. Like, uh, you're talking about the Halo books, and I feel like they only add so much. Granted, I don't know. But the, the, the furthest extent I know of the Halo books is uh, Brian David Gilbert when he was at Polygon for his... Uh, one video series. He did a, a video on the whole Halo book series, and he read all of them, and he broke them down and explained what he thought was important out of them, which wasn't a lot, is what he came down to. But a lot of Halo fans would argue differently. A lot of 
fans, core fans for a lot of series are more immersed in a world and really care about that. Like, I think that's something Mass Effect does very well, where the lore in that world is really great. I think but they like built the world Mass really Effect, great. If Bioware was like, if you want a season to Mass Effect 4, you have to go see the Normandy on ice for thirty nine ninety nine at your local ice rink. Please have a good time. Like, get the fuck out of here. No. Just I do watch the Normandy on ice. Like, that sounds, like, really different. I'm like, uh, just because it's on ice, I'd, I'd watch that. It's I like, read the graphic the novel. I don't want to read the graphic novel. I want to see probably, them on ice. I wouldn't. They mo- would probably sell, like, one of those spinny light stick things. You could get one of those. I wouldn't mind the Normandy on ice if it was just a side event that had no importance to the overall story and world. But if, like, hey, we're going to introduce a character for the new Mass Effect game. And the first place you're going to see them is in Act 2 in Normandy on Ice in Boston, Massachusetts. Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like how Rise of Skywalker had a pivotal plot point released in Fortnite. What the fuck are we doing? That's enough. That's ridiculous. That's so That's absurd. I hate that that happened. Like, I I think it's cool that things like that happened in Fortnite, but, like, anything that revolves around a pivotal plot point, it's like, stop it. People are just trying to see a movie. That's not it. That's not the That's cool for Fortnite, but then I look at Star Wars, it's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing over there? You really think that's a smart idea? The underrated best thing that Fortnite had that... I don't hear anybody talk about it anymore. They they always talk about like the concerts being the cool thing. I remember in partnership with I think it was Avengers Endgame, maybe Infinity War. I don't totally Infinity remember. War, but they had Thanos. they had like a mode where you could become Thanos. That was cool. Yeah, that yeah. was really neat. That's just a different game mode at that point. That's not just like a promotional skin. Like they made a, a mode around Thanos and that's that's very cool. And to bring it all back, so much of the negative aspects of what we've been talking about with games and different forms of you know entertainment in the last 20, 30 minutes, Sony is diving headfirst into all of these. And they are fully embracing all of these negative characteristics and not looking back. And Jim Ryan is just full steam ahead. This is the Sony we want to be. These are the kind of games PlayStation is going to be making this generation. And you're going to like him, you're going to love him, and everyone's going to buy him, and he just has this cocky, full of himself. Like, I do not hate the man, but in interviews, he just, I do not think he carries himself well. He really, he acts like a man who is already, who thinks he's already won this generation when we're only a few months into it. And I just do not think that is a healthy mindset to have for him and his business this early into this generation. I just, I want a PlayStation that's diverse. Again, I want a PlayStation where it's not just Last of Us, but now you're Kratos. Last of Us, but now you're Aloy. Last of Us, but now you're Ghost of Tsushima, dude, whose name I do not know. Can I ask you a question? Uh, Jin Sakai. Thank you, That's Owen. true. That's Jin. And yes, Mark, you can. Uh, and I think, if I try to go back to like the last five years, and I think of what games did you play, a lot of them are the first-party Sony games. I was blind! I didn't know! I was, for some fucking reason, I somehow was up, I mean, we talked about the Nicky Jakey video, where before that, I just, I was so into first party Sony, it's like, I, you know what, these might be slightly similar experiences, but you know what, they're all incredible in their own way. The second you have the platforming and traversal pointed out to me, everything cracked. About how, oh man, what, like, like, 
basic like rock like rock climbing and moving around mountains and traversal adds nothing to gameplay. It adds nothing. It's fluff. And that's all these games are. There's just such like just grotesquely long segments of climbing up a fucking mountain, traversing down a mountain, climbing over hills, so much fucking climbing. All of them do it. They add nothing to the gameplay. All they do, they are just there to fill time and make the game seem a lot longer and more in-depth than it really is. Also, it's probably another way to hide load screens. Since we're trying to brag about how, oh man, this entire game is one shot. It's one shot. It brags about being one shot, but then you have a character, for some fucking random reason, have to traverse through a very close space in like a mountain or some sort of fucking stone where they have to slowly, slowly move through it when that is just a, a just annoyingly veiled loading screen. But I digress. I mean, I mean, it's more apparent now. I think it was cool because it was a more creative way to approach a loading screen rather than have a player stand in an elevator for a minute. But then they nothing. all did it. Then they all fucking did it. Every single PlayStation first party now fucking does that. And it's no longer, oh, this is cute. It's now the norm and it annoys me. Now we've got now, the SSD. We don't got to worry about it. We fucking bet or not. I, well, who knows? Who knows? I mean, I, I feel like a lot rides on ratchet coming up because god forbid that game's a disappointment i don't want it to be at all but if it is i mean they're going to dive so far deep into the cinematic they oh like they won't even know what's going on around them ratchet is the last inkling of a playstation that i like and if rift apart fails then any any faith I have in a diverse PlayStation dies with that game because if that game fucks it up, there's nothing else that's even gonna get to stretch its toes into being diverse. They're all gonna every studio will be rebranded as Naughty Dog something, and Neil Druckmann will be king of the mountain forever. Now, let's take a step back, look at our views a little more objectively. Are, is this an overreaction? Because, you know, if you look at the at the menu, yeah, you got, you got the typical Naughty Dog game. We talk about Naughty Dog all the time. We know what that is. But you look at God of War, it's like almost Souls-like gameplay. It's not too bad. Um, but then you go to Horizon and Ghost of Tsushima, that's a little more that's where those games really start feeling similar to me um where it's like okay here's just kind of generic opa world with good mechanics but i want to interrupt real quick peter do you have like wind blowing on your microphone or something right now no i'm just sitting here okay um can you do that thing in the settings where you lower the or up the gate do it to about minus 75 decibels in the discord settings okay um but basically besides that interruption do we think this will ultimately just work out and everyone will be happy and it's really just kind of an overreaction on our parts 
I think this is Mark. Uh, I think this is the beginning of uh, people kind of starting to point their finger at Sony more. Uh, either that, or there will be a big divide of people who really like what Sony is doing and don't want them to change and think people are overreacting. I hope it doesn't go that way because I really don't want to see people get super defensive for anything Sony ever does. I think those can be the really worst fans, no matter in what fan base. Oh, it'll happen. Yeah, it, it'll happen. It'll happen, but I hope that it's not too loud. Um, I, 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 I look back retrospectively and want to ask the question: just like when we look back at the PS4 generation, what did Sony do that was above and beyond? It's like no, they just they just gave people what they wanted, which is just just focus on games. We just want to talk about games, and they did that, and. Right now, Microsoft is doing more than that. Uh, and I don't know what's going to happen the first time Sony decides to do something that's very substantial. Uh, I, I, like, I don't think they'll do anything that's super substantial that would really change their model. But this, if there's de- any sort of direct influence on whatever they're doing with their HBO show to to join in with whatever they're doing with games, oh. I think that would be a really big a big problem that would really rub some people the wrong way. Me, I'm that guy. I'm that person. I'm guy who would be rubbed the wrong way because that's completely antithetical to the idea. Then why the fuck are you making games if you want to yeah, make? It TV? doesn't. It makes me uh, not to cut you off. I just, just to get it is like to really pair those two together. If they really go down this route, this is speculation. I just want to preface, but if they're going to go down that road, it's like it feels like you're not valuing your games as much. They have no. to have the scratch here. It's, that's what I was saying earlier. That at that point you do not feel you do not feel like an impassioned game developer. You feel like someone who's just trying to use gaming as an in for TV and movies. Mm-hmm. Just go fucking make TV and movies. I'm so sick. I'm just I'm fucking sick and tired of the greatest our industry has to offer being considered people who are just desperately trying to get into Hollywood when there's so much more great games to be found in the industry that are not just trying to be the next cinematic masterpiece. Do we... I don't know why I started with do we, because that's not the route I want to go. I really do think that this story, when you contrast it with what Microsoft has been doing, I mean, it obviously looks horrible for many reasons, but the main reason actually has to do with with us playing prey right now because the main conversation one of the main conversations surrounding xbox and their strategy and buying bethesda is thank god a studio like arcane who makes objectively really good games but they just don't always sell for some reason thank god they're just going to be able to to do their thing now and they're not going to have all this pressure they're just going to be able to make games and because they're building into the game pass library that's enough value added they don't need to sell 10 million copies and now sony is just telling their studios if you're not selling 15 million copies good luck getting another game like japan studio outside of the astrobot portion they all get they all get gutted. Japan Studio is just killed. And they were the ones who always tried to make more diverse and out-there artistic games. 
Media Molecule must be fucking terrified because Dreams took forever to be, you know come out. It did not sell amazingly. It reviewed okay. Bend is currently getting the shaft from Sony. They are so it just it it feels like Sony is not only holding their feet to the fire, but the flesh on the feet is melting away because Sony's just fucking forcing them through there. If you are not Sony is just telling their developers if you aren't gonna be Naughty Dog. There's the fucking door. There's unemployment. Am I possibly being hyperbolic? Am I being overdramatic? Maybe. But again, just for me, this really is worst case scenario stuff. Because someone telling me, well, they're a business. They're okay, great. That doesn't make me feel better. That doesn't make any of this, like, make more sense to me. This all just seems ass backwards. This all just seems the complete opposite reason to get involved in game development. To be a part of the games industry. And I, one man who I really used to respect in the industry was Satoru Iwata because he was one of the few individuals that really genuinely did come off as a gamer first before just being a shitty, shady businessman. Phil Spencer also manages to somehow come off with that same charisma. And Phil even credits Iwata several times for wanting to be that kind of person because he also saw water under that, under that light and he thought that was just such an important aspect to have to actually care about what you're doing. Phil Spencer does not put in the time and effort he has the last I don't know 8 years he's been in charge of Xbox. If you did not give a shit or did not have a passion for games Xbox will not be doing nearly as well as they're doing right now, but they are because they're led by someone who fucking cares. Jim Ryan thing, does not seem like someone who fucking cares. One thing I love, uh, I've heard a ton of Xbox people say this, so I believe it. They all say that, like, yeah, you get the perception, like, oh, Phil Spencer, he's one of us, he's a gamer, and... Everyone echoes and says, yeah, like somehow he plays all of these games. We don't, we don't know how he does it. Yeah. He actually, like <laughs> he, he, not only just when, obviously whenever the first party studios are making games, he goes around and he, he tests them. So that, you know, he decides if the Xbox, if their resources are being allocated properly, but he actually finishes these fucking games. He actually participates in. In the hobby, he's dedicating his life to. How fucking nuts is that? It's crazy. And PlayStation used to have a lot of figureheads that did the same thing, and they all left at the end of last generation and the start of this one because that's just so fucking clearly not what PlayStation intends to do anymore. They are just coming off, and some people would just be like, well, there's all corporations. I get it. You know, you you read the room. You're, really, you're aware of reality. Fuck off. But they just seem so soulless. They just seem like they only care about making movies that you can play. They just want to make that. They want to sell that seventy dollar game. They don't want to move you. They don't want to grip you. They don't want to immerse you. They just want you to fucking buy their cinematic game and play for twenty hours, and then buy and play the next one, and buy and play the next one, and so on and so forth, with no love in there, with no passion, with no creativity. And it just guts me. What game do you really I want to one. see from Sony, Peter? What would really make your day that you think, okay, maybe there's a chance that Sony's, like, just Sony's going in the right direction? Make, like, just make 
more genres. Try your own, like, really try your hand at a fighting game. Try your own first-person shooter. Try your own, I mean, what are they, fucking they had, Grand Turismo? I guess they have Grand Turismo. They had Killzone as well, but uh, people yeah, didn't seem to dead. care for that. And then you have, Greg Miller talks about, like, no, Killzone needs to be dead. Like, PlayStation doesn't need these other franchises. But why? And then they'll, but the usual answer, like, they give is, well, third-party developers are already, you know, they're already doing that. But what if you can already find all of these genres on Game Pass? Then why the fuck are people gonna only go? I, I'm getting flustered. I'm just trying. I'm... Okay, the, this is my my next question that goes off of your last word there. I remember first state of Sony talking about does PlayStation need a response to Game Pass, and basically our take was no because they were just gonna. Like, kind of keep making great games, so it's just going to be fine. Shit's changed, Owen. Shit's I, changed. I, I want to follow it up. Do What do they need? Is it a Game Pass response or just more consumer-forward services in general? Because right now, they're they're just trying to take all the money you have. They need to like get good their... luck paying rent. Yeah, you have to play. You have to buy PlayStation games. They need to get their boot out of their fucking ass. And a lot of people just considered it, you know, corporate bullshit. Of we are, you know, come. What was the tagline of PS4? What was the famous thing they always said? Greatness awaits. I think is it. Greatness awaits. But like, greatness awaits. And they just had like a, such a message of we want to make great games for you because at the end of the day, all that matters is games. Yes. Sean Layden would say that all the time. Yes. And guess, at first you'd kind of roll your eyes like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. You're just a fucking businessman trying to get my money. But fuck, if I, I could go for some businessman telling me some generic, you know, PR lingo right now. Other than just Sony just putting their dick out going like, you're going to fucking play our game, you dirty, dirty bitch. And we know you're going to love it. And it's like, Jesus. okay, great. You know, but then like just all it, it's just like they just shit out a game. It's like we know you're gonna play it, you know you're gonna buy it. Like that's it, that's all this is now. And like we're gonna we're gonna make a bunch of overpriced DLC, and you're gonna buy that too. And we're not gonna give you any options to play these games for free, like Xbox is over there on Game Pass. Like this just feels dirty. This just feels soulless. This just feels like the most surface level bare bones. We're going to make a product, you buy product. Please be excited for next product. And the product they're putting out, like, so I'm, we always go back to talking about the games that they do and how samey they are. But that I think experience is uh, their brand. And that this this kind of game is their greatness that they're talking about, as well as all the other third parties that they have. You can play that anywhere almost. But there comes a point in time when people are sick and tired of that kind of game. And it backfires and Sony puts all their eggs and they don't, there comes a point where, I mean, we ourselves, I feel like we're kind of, we're ready to see something different from Sony, but what happens when everybody is? And I wonder if trying to double down on this HBO deal, and this is all speculation, I want to reiterate that that's the direction they really are going to go. But if they really go that hard and people are sick and tired of it really quickly, whether it's good or not, I don't know how they rebound from that. That's why I definitely... I said this to Owen the other day, where if Naughty Dog ever makes a bad game, 
everyone at PlayStation has to be terrified for their livelihood. Because if they're really going to bet all of their chips on Naughty Dog, you better fucking hope to God they never miss. Because if they do, like, if Guerrilla Games, if Horizon Forbidden West is an 8.5, no one's going to lose their job. No one's going to be panicking. If Last of Us 3 is truly mediocre, the core of PlayStation has been rocked like they can't recover from because they've decided to bet all of their future on Naughty Dog. I, uh, I wanted to go off of Mark's point, but I'm losing the train of thought at this moment. My apologies. Oh, oh, it just came to me. I think... They're playing a dangerous game with sticking this hard to their brand and genre of games because the conversation surrounds like superhero content a lot of like, when are people going to get tired of it? And at some point, I really do believe at some point that'll happen because the shift in TV and movies happens a lot slower. Like Westerns used to be the only thing you could watch, uh, and it just makes sense that one day superhero stuff won't be the only thing you can watch. But when you talk about games, you can play maybe two or three like third-person action games in a row, and then you're going to be like, man, I, like, I need something else right now. I, I don't know many people who can stick to their one genre unless they are the, like, I only play FIFA or I only play Call of Duty. If you're not one of those people, then I don't I don't know anyone who will only want the third person cinematic. And I'm afraid we talked about this earlier is that you're going to have a large portion of PlayStation fans if we live in a scenario where the public discourse does begin to turn against Sony and against this specific genre game, you're going to have legions of playstation fans just go down with the ship saying no we don't want anything else this is all we want playstation for life and it's i'm just worried about a playstation not that they're ever gonna die but just one that isn't just really shoots itself in the foot due to its own arrogance because they truly begin to tell themselves no matter how the ship starts to you know no matter what storm may come no matter how rough this of a shape the ship is in that no matter what people only want third person action adventure narrative games that's all they want us to make absolutely nothing else because if the tie if the ter- if the you know if the public opinion really ever does start to change that's a lot of fucking money They've already invested in a lot of these single player for uh, yeah, a lot of these first person games, and if they really start to now read the room and think, "Oh man, people don't want this anymore," well, we've already built our entire generational approach on this. So now, what the fuck do we do? You know, I find myself conflicted, just from a like oh console war standpoint, because I just hate how bad the discourse can get. But not even talking from, like, oh, Xbox fanboy, even though I think it comes off pretty clear, I like my Xbox more. It's fine. But uh, I'm not coming from that standpoint. I am happy, though, that it's evening out a little bit. It is. It, It was looking like in the PlayStation 4 generation as if there would never be competition in this space again. Um. And I'm happy 
that there is competition. Will it lead to horribly toxic dis- discourse? Of course, it always does. But, um, you know, I guess I guess you take the good with the bad. Um, I want to open the floor up to if anyone has any final questions they want to throw forward that could potentially propel the conversation anymore. If not, we can leave off here. In closing, I'm just really disappointed in the future of PlayStation. I want so much more for them. The first state of PlayStation, I just had this aura of me of PlayStation's killing it. Xbox has to do so much to really start pulling ahead. Little did I think that while Xbox would be spiking every single ball they could, Sony wouldn't even be showing up to the fucking games. Like, we talked about how the only way Xbox can win is if Sony just drops the ball again and again and again, and we thought there's no way in hell that's going to happen. And albeit, we are not far ahead enough in time to really see the fruits of that. But we, we're, while we're not seeing the fruits of it, we're seeing the seeds be planted. So right now, we cannot know definitively what will happen in the future. All we know is Microsoft is setting itself up to pull off that one-in-a-million scenario that we had discussed all those months ago. Mark? Um, I'm going to reiterate it. Emulate games, everybody. That's fine. You're going to be fine. I Older games, specifically. Don't go pirating the games that come out now. That's, that's not okay. But... Go play a PS1 game on your computer. Go play a PS2, PS3 game. Whatever you got to do. Sony's not, Sony's not your friend. Uh, I don't think. I don't have none of these they're, corporations. They're not are, even attempting the other ones pretend to be. No, no. PS now sucks as a surface, and they're not gonna do anything garbage. about it. Garbage. Oh, it's garbage. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I really like Sony's first party games, but I, I really don't like Sony as a company. So I feel. I, I I got the PS5 day one without question because I know there'd be stuff on it I like, but uh, the support we get from Sony is pretty lackluster. I actually very much agree with that. Um, just because, like, if it didn't come through as much as I want it to, like, I, I like these games quite a bit. I devoured last of us part two when it came out and then i wasn't even going to play ghost tsushima and then i saw the marketing for it and it was just like you know what i think i'd really like that game and then i caved and i got it and i did really like it so i'm they do still make good first party games that i enjoyed they may not be for peter they're not um but in general, I think majority of people will be satisfied with those games, but they're going to cost you. I think that's where we can leave off this episode. This has been the BNY Gaming Podcast, episode 16, and we are signing off until next week. Keep playing Warzone, everyone. Stop playing Warzone right now. Oh my god. Turn it off. Don't do it. Goodbye, everybody.